Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. How the hell are you? I'm Chad Sowash, the Chad part of the equation, and Cheese. Yeah, Joel Cheeseman, are you out there? No, no. Joel <laughs> is on vacation this week, but not to fear, because I've reached out into my magical podcasting hat and pulled out a, no, not a rabbit, but one Tim Sackett. Yes. Let's hear it. Or- the more middle-aged, whiter version of <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, we've got the Tim Sackett. And this is what we're going to talk about today, people. How AI is going to kill recruiters. You think that's going to happen? Snapchat spectacles. What the hell are those things? Uh, Tim actually brought uh, along some canaries to take into the coal mine. Everybody loves their ATS. That that just doesn't really? sound right. Um, yeah, and uh, it's crowd justice time. So, Tim. Yeah. First time on the pod, man. We've been talking about getting you on here for a while because first time, long time. I got, I'm like the one, the one guy that listens to your uh, pod. No, we've got we've got at least <laughs> half dozen. At least half dozen. Um, but yeah, you've been around for a while. You you're a you're a blogger writer. And practitioner, which is what I love about this whole thing, because you know everybody writes. It seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but tell us about tell us about yourself. So yeah, I think most people know me from like just writing and, and on the social webs and all that crap that we do. Interwebs. And, yeah, my wife calls me a micro celebrity because if I show up at a, like a Sherm event, there's like three ladies in like cat sweaters that want to take a picture with me. Yeah, it's it feels pretty good some days. Not ever, no. Yeah, um, ever. So, anyways, I actually run. Um, I actually run an IT engineering uh, contract staffing firm out of Lansing, Michigan, um, and it's a company my mother started thirty-seven years ago. Um, nice. Yeah. So, um, and I actually came back about eight years ago to run it. She had a health scare, and so she was going to retire. I came back in, left corporate talent acquisition where I was working. Um, as executive uh, for a big health system, um, and so I, you know, I've kind of been able to sit on both sides of the desk. I got in this writing thing about nine years ago uh, with Chris Dunn over at Fistful of Talent, and then started my own uh, my own pro- you know the Tim Sackett project at timsackett.com. Check me out. No, um, <laughs> big yeah, blog. I always tell. I always tell people, I go, if you, you're like, how can we find you? I'm like, just put Tim Sackett into Google, and I'm like the first 10, 20, 100 pages from it because, because of the SEO. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, there's only there's only one other Tim Sackett. He's a truck driver chaplain. I'm not that guy. <laughs> so if you if you run into Tim Sackett, truck driver chaplain, I'm the other Tim Sackett that talks about not all this Not me. Crap. Yeah, that's not me. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, just so you know. For sure. So... So hey, anyways, um, I my big question for you is, ah. um, what's the over under on gallons of sunscreen that Joel puts on his body this week? Yeah, you know, I think Joel's gonna be one of those old men on the beach vacationing where he's wearing the long pants and yeah. and maybe the the the, the broad uh, hat and uh, yeah, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. What? Yeah. 
White socks with sandals, you know, oh, great yeah. umbrella. Oh yeah, no, that's his look. I, he he, I mean, he wears that anytime. It doesn't matter. So I think he'll he'll feel very comfortable on the beach with that. I know. So hey, I'm gonna naturally transition into this uh, thing. Like, so we we we, you know, you guys. I was listening to the pod last week, and you guys were talking about stuff that nobody cares about. And um, I heard this really cool story about Sovereign. Oh, you're transitioning into the ad. Okay, I get it. Okay, okay. You're good at this, Tim. You're very good at this. So you mean... It's natural. You mean the one where Sovereign actually saved the day with their matching AI engine? That one? Yeah. I think, you know, Jive, who's one of their customers, uh, had this, you know, issue crop up on a Friday right before HR Tech. You know, they're freaking out. They need a matching engine. They call Sovereign and, like, boom. Like, they're, they're helping them out. And Sovereign and Jive... Over the weekend, not just during the week. This isn't on a Wednesday. This is over the weekend. And by Sunday evening, 48 hours later, the Sovereign AI matching engine. Doesn't that sound? You need like a like a big movie voice for that. Sovereign <laughs> AI matching engine. Was, it was actually running J- uh, Jibe's app. It was fully integrated into their UI, and it was totally loaded with data. Yeah, I mean... For me, the, the cooler part, right, is that you can take that in 48 hours. They're on the floor at HR Tech, and they're doing live demos. Oh, yeah. um, that's just unheard of. You don't see that in the industry. Well, dude, I mean, if you were a sales VP and you're getting ready to go to HR Tech and you didn't have a product to be able to show live on the floor, you were literally shitting your pants, right? Yo, you were looking for a new job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what does Sovereign do? Yeah, they save the day. They save the day. So here's here's the uh, here's the commercial part of the commercial. Um, <laughs> you know that wasn't. Yeah, no, that was, that was not. That was a real story, Tim. Don't, shh, shh. <laughs> so, if you'd like to learn more, check out Sovereign at sovereign.com. That's S O V R E N dot com to see how their matching engine can go to work for you today. That's sovereign.com. And literally, I mean. They've got great voice talent, in, in-house voice talent. We're always talking about how, how they have great ads. And they heard yeah. us talking through some of these real lifetime, real story ads. And they're like, oh, yeah, we want to do that. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, time out. You've got like this awesome voice in-house, and you want us two idiots to actually talk about, okay, yeah, no, we'll do that. <laughs> do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, real stories, guys, real stories. We bring you the real stuff. That being said, so last week – um, did you see the story on Tech Insider about uh, Snapchat spectacles? Yeah, not not shocking that it's not doing so, well. So, right? well, well, listen though. Apparently, Snapchat spectacles <laughs> it, it apparently flopped. But I mean, the SEO said their goal was to sell a hundred thousand of these things um, out of vending machines, and they're one hundred thirty bucks a pair, and they sold a hundred and fifty thousand. So why do you, if, if your goal is 100,000 and you sell 150,000, mainly out of vending machines, wow, um, how is that a freaking flop? But do you think, like, do they really even know? Like, probably somebody goes, hey, we're going to sell 100,000 out of a vending machine like we're in Japan, oh, you know, know, and then they sell 150. Oh, they, they but know how many they sold, but, but I'm, I know. Well, no, but, I mean, but, you, but, like, in that estimate of going out, like, don't you think that someone probably goes, hey, if we don't, like, if we don't kill, like, over 10 million of these things, like, this thing's going to be a, a waste. But you kind of, like, uh, that under-promise, over-deliver kind well, of thing. This is where it fell in the toilet. A month 
after those sales and they're sitting they're on the table they're dancing they're like yeah we're killing it right <laughs> nobody was was using that shit anymore that's where the flop happened so from the standpoint of you know the 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 first you know the the, the first engagement um the people who go out and buy whatever right um they were the ones who bought but a month later they weren't using the product anymore yeah, nobody saw that coming, Google Glass. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, well, in, in, I mean, if you take a look at these things, and if you haven't seen uh, Snapchat spectacles, I mean, I didn't until I actually saw this, uh, until I saw this uh, article, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And they've got a really cool video, and it's like, okay, I would never wear those. Um, I think my, no. my wife would, but I would never wear those damn things. It looks like something designed for a 10-year-old kid, it right? It does. No, it does, right? You get, you get it like out of a box of Cracker Jack or some shit like that. I mean, <laughs> exactly. If they yeah. even have Cracker Jack anymore. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just totally, it just blew my mind. And then after that, I see that they are laying off or they have laid off recruiters, <laughs> right? So give me a little insight about that. Well, I mean, again, the announcement is just, you know, hey, uh, you know, not, not growing as fast as, you know, they were, not expected to have, like, the highest growth. Like, all this stuff kind of plays into it. But for uh, for me, like, the bigger story was it's not only Snapchat. It was, like, Blue Apron, who, you know, you hear it an ad everywhere. I mean, they're, they're you know, everywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Facebook, CareerBuilder. Like, all these tech companies started coming off in the last two weeks and started, and started saying, hey, we're, we're laying off recruiters. And so my thing is, is, like, is that really that canary in the coal mine of an economic downturn? Or is there something else going on with – with, with technology becoming more efficient so we're, you know, now we don't have to use as many or is it just a sector thing where tech is kind of softening right. like I'm just wondering why you know you know these layoffs are happening right now is it a fourth quarter budget thing like what is yeah. it well and you you had five very well laid out points um, too many organizations and too many geographic areas right and and, and you have to take a look at um, competition as well. Because if you're looking to grow and your competition's looking to grow, then you want to try to outgrow your competition. There's that that that's going on. Not to mention um, a talent pool that is not incredibly deep. So you yeah. overhire, you know, to be able to, to 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 try to make sure in a couple of couple of different ways to be able to make sure that you guard the type of talent that your competition might <laughs> might get from you or get out of the market. So guard it, and, mm-hmm. and we can use them for something. Um, or, or, or the bubbles getting ready to the burst. Um, yeah, I think your, your, uh, third bullet was TA, TA leaders just, uh, overestimated. I think it was, um, and, and yeah. they took a look at their budgets for next year and they're like, holy shit, man, the, there's no way oh, we can sustain this. You've never seen companies more ghetto rich than when they get flush with cash from VC. Oh, yeah. Like they do the dumbest things in the world and, you know, and it's, for me, I, I think that's probably most of this. I mean, when you come out of the recession, and most of these companies had bare bone, you know, talent acquisition, to, you know, departments to begin with, you come out of the recession, and all of a sudden you're like, oh gosh, now we have to, we're going to hire and we're going to grow by a million percent, and so we have to go out, and you just start putting on bodies and bodies and bodies, and then as you start to like build out your tech stack even better, you start to bring in some of the AI stuff, whatever it might be. Now you go, oh gosh, uh, you know, I have 15 extra bodies I, I don't really need. They're not doing anything. Um, 
I mean, I think it's a combination of all of that stuff because I don't think we all sit here and go, well, yeah, there's going to be this massive, you know, downturn. I mean, clearly there's something that will happen economically because we just we've had this unprecedented growth for about a decade now, and that just that yeah. just doesn't happen. I mean, that's just simple economics. So let's it's it's fine. Like this is just natural ebb and flow of the economy. Um, it's not a Trump or Obama thing. Like this is just this is how the, the economy works. It go, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. <laughs> So how do you think, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about this, but how do you think AI is really going to play into this, though? Because there's there there's going to be impact. It might not be on recruiters right out of the gate, but it's going to be on sourcers. You know, Chad, what I, what I love is when, like, I, you know, as an HR tech a couple of weeks ago, in every, you know, there's a, you know, probably 25, 50 AI products, you know, out on the floor. Right. And every single one of them. Aren't really. Yeah, every single one of them, like more intelligent automation than AI, but you know that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. every single one of them, from a marketing perspective, are are spouting that this is not a recruiter replacement. And if I'm a T8 leader, I'm like, well, why why the hell isn't it? Why would I buy this? Where's the ROI? And they're like, oh yeah. no no, like this is just gives you more capacity. Okay, well yeah. if you take away um, sourcing, you take away screening, you take away like initial interview setup or all this tactical stuff. Yep scheduling yeah what so now what what are my recruiters doing just yeah. like that final interview sitting in with holding yeah. a hand with a hiring manager like tell me what what that next level capacity issue now that i have is so now i have all these great recruiters sitting around to do what you know to build a talent community like you know like write content like i don't know what it, what is that like, to me that's the bigger thing i mean i i think you're I think you're naive as a TA leader if you don't think AI is going to reduce your need for recruiters as many. Um, yeah. or, or, I mean, so either you're going to have to reduce your staff like we see with Snap and Facebook and all these people like that are losing some recruiters, or you're not going to have to add recruiters if you're growing. Either way, the technology is there to actually take away some of that tactical work, right? Right. Well, put, okay, so put a pin in that real quick because we're going to yeah. come back to that because that's, that's a big topic. <laughs> but back to, back to Snapchat real quick. Yeah. So they really haven't innovated in a very long time. And if you actually listen to you know, investors and, and people who are watching the stock and the technology, they're saying that you know, maybe two, three, four years ago, Snap was, was inventing, they were innovating, but they aren't. And this whole wearables thing that they just tried, which is really, you know, trying to bring the outside in, mm-hmm. trying to be able to use something uh, to, to bring content into their platform, I think was, was interesting, but it was a, just a dramatic fail. Um, do you think that wearables are even going to be a thing? I, I, I mean, I have a feeling they will. I mean, but I think it's – we're just seeing that, that – we're I mean, again, we're on that kind of early phase of that kind of technology, even though it's been around for a, a, you know quite a while now. But I, I do – I think more from the health standpoint, we see you know it, it, that just keeps evolving. And I, I do see oh, yeah. a time – I have a wife that's in the healthcare field, and so I, I see a time where – the wearable tech can really actually probably catch stuff way before, you know, a doctor or, you know, anybody else will be able to catch it. And so I mm-hmm. think there's some real health advantages to that. Do I think there's productivity advantages in some of that stuff? I, maybe. Like I just haven't I, – I can't picture it yet because no one what showed think, me. Yeah. Well, what do you think needs to – I mean what is the linchpin really to make – okay. So I take a look at my brother-in-law just bought a Samsung watch, yeah. right? 
mm-hmm. um, last week in in I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, so what are you gonna do on that thing? And he's just playing on it. He's just playing on it. I'm like, what yeah, are you, seriously? And I'm gonna answer my phone like a yeah, like a 1960s you comic really, book. Yeah, are you really gonna answer your phone on that thing? So what do you think needs to happen? What's gonna be the linchpin that actually goes ahead and yeah. it just really just it springboards wearables? What do you think it's gonna be? I, I have, mean, I, I, have I do an idea. I, yeah, so I guess my idea would be built-in AI with like with a glass type of kind of thing. I think Google kind of – they're always way far ahead, right? So Google Glass yeah. had this thing where you say, okay, we're going to see stuff in your life. I do think there's an augmented reality kind of world that can come up that can help you. So you go, okay, I need directions to boom. And instead of looking at your phone, it's going to show up in your in – your, you know, it's going to tell you this. It's going to do that. But there's the AI side of it would be – you drive by something and you go, oh gosh, I got to remind myself for later. Like all this stuff that you're going to be able to kind of just say, and it's going to help yeah. you become more efficient. It's going to, uh-huh. it's almost like a personal assistant that you have with you at all time. You're in a store, you see something, your wife's with you. You're like, hey, remind me, I need to buy that for her birthday. You know, like boom, 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 boom. Like now all of a sudden, like I, it's almost like I have a person next to me, like taking notes for me and reminding me about stuff. Like to me, that would be like the ultimate. Cause like I'm constantly in a capacity issue and not being able to scale yeah. myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I think there's wearable tech that could help me scale myself. No, I agree. I agree. But what is missing? Because I think, um, Sean over at hiring solved has a, a brilliant kind of, uh, Hey, uh, it's like an Iron Man costume, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Babe, you're putting your Clark Kent glasses on, or what, whatever the hell it is, right? So, yeah. so from my standpoint, I think all of what you just talked about is really cool, but it's not practical until, until, wait for it, we get the voice recognition piece in place where you can actually start to um, compose an email on your watch. Um, until I mean, and, and that technology has <clears throat> has been around yeah. for a little while, but to be able to put it into practical app, practical application with a set of glasses, Google Glass, or with a watch or something of that nature, where yeah. it is clean, it is smooth, um, just like yesterday, and it's starting to get there. And I mean, this isn't wearable by any means, but my Google Home, I set appointments on my calendar with my Google Home. If I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about you know yeah. this tomorrow. So I'll just say, hey Google, and then I'll put it on my put it on my calendar just by talking to my Google Home. When we actually have our devices, and I mean, I think my my phone can do this uh, much better than a Samsung watch can do it. Once we can start doing that, composing emails. Um, and it can start to really understand what's going on around us. I, I think that is the key. But the voice activation, the voice responsiveness, I think, is really the linchpin in all wearables. And until that happens, everything's just going to flop. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, Siri and Apple, are, they're getting close, right? Like I can do, hey, Siri, and send a, a text to my wife. I'm going to be home late because of blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. and, but, th- but there's still too many steps into it. It's yeah. not natural enough. Mm-hmm. Like I should just be able to say, hey, Siri, send a, send a message to my wife. Here's what it is. Go. Like, and, and now it's like, is I, like it's almost like it's, it's, it's harder for me to do that than it is just give me the goddamn phone and, like, and just type it in. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I know. It is. It really is. So, so, so I, that's, that's the linchpin, though, like you said. I, I think so. I really do. I think that's the linchpin. I think, you know, Joel is a huge fan of the, the wearables. And I'm just, again, it, Snapchat spectacles. I mean, you, they spent 130 bucks. They wore them for a month. You know, 130 dollars worth of entertainment for a month is actually fairly cheap. 
Um, you know, because I drop that probably in a couple hours some nights with my yeah. wife, for goodness sakes. Um, yep. But uh, but I mean, seriously, it just it, it doesn't it doesn't have the practical application that you need to put it into everyday life. And as we talk about everything, it seems like on this podcast is that, you know, even the big platforms, um, they're lifestyle platforms. They're used every single damn day. LinkedIn, unless you're a recruiter, is not a lifestyle platform. Um, Google is, Facebook is, you know, Microsoft Suite is. Um, but uh, I think as they start to come and, and, and they can be a part of your practical life through voice assistance or what have you, I think you got something. I think you got something. But we're not, I don't, we're not there yet. Maybe we're close. Maybe we're not. Yeah, I agree. So that being said, we're going to go not as eloquent, eloquently into our next ad for Ratedly. So last week, uh, Joel and I talked about uh, this new ISIM survey that came out. It was just really cool and actually said that um, 92%, I can't say this enough, 92% of um, working Americans actually use employer reviews before they apply, or they, I'm sorry, it actually affects their application um, to, to a company. So it impacts their decision on whether you go and apply for a company. Now, is that a huge win for Glassdoor and the review sites or what? No, I mean, it's, the number is outrageous. Like you think, I mean, but, you know, again, like if I'm going to go to work for someplace, especially someplace I don't know, you're deaf. I mean, it's just like if I go to a, if I, if I'm, I'm going to get Yelp if I go to a restaurant that I don't know. I'm going to look at it first, and someone says, "Oh, this is garbage." Like you're probably like, "Yeah, I'm not going there." So it's it's part of our it's part of our normal process, right? Yeah. I mean, we go through whether it's Yelp or Google reviews or whatever it is. It's now a part of our our, our normal process. Mm-hmm. So now the employer reviews are a part of our normal process. Let's just let's. Put that as a baseline. You yeah. Agree? Well, yeah, and it's going to become even more important with with, okay, with, okay, with okay. Google for work, right? So, listen up, talent acquisition acquisition professionals. How many actual review sites do you think are out there? I thought there was like you know maybe two or three, and there's like over a dozen, and trying to actually keep up with <clears throat> uh, Indeed and Glassdoor. And some of the, the major review sites that you see is is a bitch for some major Fortune uh, 500 companies because they, they have so many employer reviews per day. My question, Tim, is how do you safeguard LifeLock, for, for, for better words, how do you safeguard your employer brand if you don't know where all this stuff is happening, when it's happening, <laughs> And how to respond to it? How, what do you do? You you hope and pray. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean that's really. I mean, because if you don't have somebody responding to all of that stuff and staying on top of it, I'm, I'm yeah. literally on an hour by hour basis, you know. And we don't live in a twenty four seven world from a TA perspective, but yet the candidates mm-hmm. do live in a twenty four seven world. So you really, I mean, there has to be a system out there that can, you know, that can kind of do that for you. So ratedly, if you've never heard of this before, I'm sure you have. <laughs> Uh, is actually a platform that will help you aggregate all of those review sites into one app on your phone, and it also has a desktop application. And guess how much it is, Tim? Uh, I have no idea. It's $147 a month. That's, That's it. Gosh, I spend that on like donuts for the office. 
Yeah, you spend that like on donuts for yourself. <laughs> Shut up. Um, so, I mean, seriously, it's 140, less than 150 bucks a month. You can actually have, I guess, what you could call LifeLock for your employer brand. Um, and, I mean, you can have it uh, as the employer brand person. Your TA person can have it. I mean, and, and this is $147 per person. But because Chad and Cheese love discounts, uh, if you use... If you go to ratedly.com, that's ratedly, R-A-T-E-D-L-Y.com, and you use the coupon code CHEDDAR, you will get the first month for $1. That's crazy. And if you don't like it, you can just stop the service. So check it out. That's ratedly.com. Use the coupon code CHEDDAR, C-H-E-D-D-A-R, and start to actually know what the hell people are saying about you. I keep saying it's like getting firebombed. You yeah. Have no freaking clue until it happens, right? Until I have, it happens. I have a feeling, like, again, I cover this this whole HR tech space, right? And I write about it yeah. every single week. And for me, when I take a look at, you know, Google for Jobs and what's happening with their schema, yeah. I, I think Radley's about ready to, like, just blow up in a major way because yeah. one of those pieces of the algorithm that Google's putting in there is the you know your reputation of your company. And so mm-hmm. what Google is saying is saying, "Hey, if you have a crappy reputation, companies will not want to or candidates won't want to come work for you. So we're going to put those jobs lower down in the search string." So now if you want to be higher from the search string, you have to have a good reputation, which is measured by all of these sites. Yep. <laughs> so and so now you so you now you now you have to be on these sites because Google is making you. And Google is also putting money into what review site that's out there? Glassdoor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to be using the Glassdoor and they're going to be using different reviews and they're going to start to wait um, you as an organization and your brand. So, yeah, check it out. Um, so back into the show. So I, I said put a pin in it because this is a this is a this is a big <laughs> damn story. This, I mean, as we talk about recruiters and talent acquisition um, and even the vendors that are out there that are that are listening to us, um, you know, VentureBeat last week. Uh, they had a, an article that said AI is changing the hiring process, but will never replace recruiters. Um, <laughs> I hear you laughing. I hear you laughing. I just think it's, it's, I mean, it, it, all these media outlets just take whatever whatever marketing is telling them, and like yeah. they just publish it. You know, I don't think they have a freaking clue. I, I don't think they have a clue in their head because we just talked about sourcing, right? So let's take let's chunk this down real quick. Yeah. Sourcing. Um, you can have Brylant do it, HiringSoft do it, and a myriad of other yeah. platforms that are currently doing this. Plus, I don't know if you've seen or not, but uh, Crowded, they have a refresh product yeah. where where it goes into your current uh, applicant tracking system, into your candidate database. Yeah. It, it refreshes all of those old candidates with their social information from all the different platforms that are out there. And guess what? They're like new candidates again. Refresh. <laughs> so it's like you have all this money spent, right? And you don't need people to do it anymore because you have systems that will go out. They will find to the rec to the requisition in seconds. Yeah. In seconds, profiles and people that actually match the profile of your requisition. And you have other technologies that will go into your database, money that you've already spent. In that black hole, remember the black hole? It'll refresh the black hole 
and it'll it'll start. So, from my standpoint, on the sourcing side, where do I need recruiters? Well, and again, unless you have like, I mean, I would if you go to SourceCon, right, and you and you right. start you start to see the like the one percenter sourcers. These people mm-hmm. are the, I mean, again, they're the complete nerded out sourcing geeks, and I love okay. to be around yeah. those people and talk shop with them. Yep. But the reality is, is 99% of the sourcers that we hire in actual talent acquisition in corporate America, they're not, are, good. They're not even close to that. In no. fact, all those technologies that you that you mentioned and many more that are out there can all do that sourcing better than those, than those than, than not Today. the one percenters, but the 99 percenters. Um, yeah. And so you don't even, so for me, like, you know, the sourcing people get so worked up when he's, I say sourcing is dead from a function standpoint, because mm-hmm. the reality is, is 99% of sourcing that's being done can be done by machines right now it doesn't you don't yeah. need a person to do it and i think the the purple squirrel side of the house and you always hear that you know the, the battle of well yeah but there's still the purple squirrel you know roles that are out there <laughs> well okay that's 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 yeah. great but what's going to happen is the the technology is going to learn the types of purple squirrels that you're pulling in and then over time guess what's going to happen you don't need that sorcerer to do the purple squirrel, squirrel roles anymore because you know where they are, how to engage them, and what to actually look for, right? Yeah. For me, that I mean, that next level. See, the, the only reason I would have sourcing right now is if I'm doing actual. My sources are actually doing everything uh-huh. that th- that those technologies will not pick up. Which again, they're going out and actually getting all the social exhaust and building profiles and doing all that stuff for people who are online. So what are what are those thirty percent of those candidates that don't have that level of online profile? That so that so those people truly are. I mean, it's back to like nineteen seventies recruiting, uh, old school re- referral based. <laughs> give me a phone number of a guy you used to work with, uh-huh. like that. Yeah. It's, that's yeah. what the new sourcing is actually the old sourcing. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to scheduling next, right? Yeah. Scheduling. Um, I mean, it's process. You can use uh, platforms like GoodTime.io, which we've talked about uh, on the pod. There are other platforms that do it as well. There are chatbots. Oh, yeah. There are chatbots yep. that will actually just go ahead. There's texting um, that's out there uh, that will will go ahead. And if you've provided your mobile phone number, they will text you. And then they will start to uh, schedule with you via text. And we know that texting, the, the response rate for texting is through the roof. I mean, it's almost 100%. So, yeah. again, again, why do, I, why do I need recruiters there? <laughs> You, well, especially like recruiting coordinators, admins, all that yeah. should go away. Yeah. So, and then interviewing. You've got, again, you've got chat bots. You, the scheduling's all there. They, they do the scheduling, yeah. interviewing. And then the interview actually happens. I jump into a higher view. I jump into, <laughs> I mean, how many different platforms are actually out there? There are even newer ones that are out there, smaller, like Vervo. Yeah. Vervo. Yeah, Canvas. Kind of flip you know. process. Yeah, Canvas. Oh, man. Yeah. And I mean, it's just it's so interviewing. Um, why do I need recruiters? <laughs> you, I mean, I just, this is, this is my question to so, the world as I read this from VentureBeat say, well, you know, recruiters will never be replaced. So, so my question to you is, yeah, and this is me, me and you talking, nobody's listening. Um, what do you think the role for a recruiter is as these technologies start to get pulled in play? Well, it becomes, I think, um, you know, again, the, like the big buzzword is being becoming a talent advisor, right? And um, the funny thing was, is a talent advisor as an actual title, you know, wasn't even used until about five years ago. And Lori Rudiman actually came up with it um, for Career Builder for a marketing thing. 
And so, we, we, I mean, I was a part of the I was part of this meeting that we actually came up with the title Town Advisor, and it was Lori uh-huh. who came up with it. So I'll give her credit. Um, and so, if you take a look back, like Career Builder started it, but it was this whole concept of because you knew like technology was kept going, you know, getting you know this more advanced. Eventually, yeah. what is a recruiter going to do? But actually, advise a hiring manager on all these pieces of, of things that are going to happen like you know who's yeah. the who, yeah. who so now the you know hey the robot just gave us three great candidates which one should we hire let me advise yeah. you on who i think it should be you know uh-huh. um uh-huh. or like you know hey you're let's do a video job description and i'll you know let me advise you on how you should talk about this job you know or whatever it might be um it becomes almost well, a consultant internal, though, in nature, right? right that's not even external touching a candidate oh that's i know but that, but that's but that's what's left right yeah 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 so, okay, so here's where I feel like it's going because brand does mean more. And I think talent acquisition might, I could be entirely wrong, start to understand that the employment brand, my, my opinion, doesn't actually exist. The brand of the company is the brand of the company. There are so many different channels in which um, you're selling different products and you're selling the actual company itself. Um, whether it's this demographic, that demographic, we've got millennials we're trying to touch, we've got job seekers we're trying to touch. The brand is the brand. And once yeah. we start to simplify this and try and stop trying to make it so goddamn complex, <laughs> then we'll understand that recruiters could, I believe, really turn into a brand ambassador type of a role, more of a liaison and advisor, right? So you've got your internal advising, which is what you're talking about. And I think that is brilliant because we need specialists, not generalists. Yeah, for we sure. We need specialists. And um, they could they could be the person who really is that human touch if there's a human touch that's needed, right? Um, yeah. And the brand is going to be more important as companies start to understand that talent acquisition is touching so many goddamn people. I don't understand how marketing isn't just shitting their pants and thinking, yes. wow, how many, how many, how many applicants slash customers are in your resume database? How many million? What? Oh. I mean, I just, for years I've been saying this and, and the HR people lose their minds, but I still believe that talent acquisition should be, like reporting up into the CMO, not and not into the CHRO, um, and because an advertising, of that, we're advertising yeah. for things. Yeah, for talent. Yeah, it's, it's so. What it is. So again, we talk about like that that tipping point. Like what's what's going to take place? Um, and I do think it's you know a large brand that comes out and says, you know what, we're going to automate our entire like volume hiring process from beginning to end, Uh even into the point where we're not even going to allow hiring managers to choose what, you know, we're going to go through, we're going to take a look at all the data with, you know, through like a higher view video insights Uh or whatever it might be. Uh, Yeah. They're going to say, Hey, this is the number one, you know, or five candidates. We're going to hire those people. We're going to go and they're going to show up. They're going to go through an online orientation (laughs) day one, the hiring manager and then we'll meet. And now we have this really kind of crazy new onboarding we have to take, like, which is like this speed dating like oh by the way meet your new employee that you don't even know is going to show up today um but i think as soon as somebody does that like some like some some ta leader that's just like you know with a with a c-suite that's like yeah let's try let's just be super innovative and let's see what happens you yeah. know so I'm, once I'm, that once that happened everybody else will fall into place. i'm gonna throw a monkey wrench into this whole damn conversation so and it's gonna feel like we're regressing a, a second and and there's a there's a damn good reason for that um 
so on the Smashfly blog uh, last month, they there was an article blog. Uh, it was called "The New Villain in Town: Why Talent Acquisition Now Likes the ATS and Hates the CRM." Did you read this thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a really good insight and obvious bias uh, from a CRM. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was obvious bias from a CRM. But it talks about how companies now hate their CRM more than they hate their ATS, which I I don't buy. First off, um, and this really, I mean, it really sounded like a letter to their clients. And prospects, and he was like, "Don't, don't hate us, right? Don't, don't, don't hate us." <laughs> so, but I do actually. I actually, there's a piece of this I agree with, and I'll tell you why. Um, I, one is I always think it was easy for talent acquisitions to beat up on on their ATS because it was their main piece of technology, mm-hmm. just like HR people hate their HRAS. Yep. But when CRM came into play, it's actually a pretty sophisticated system, mm-hmm. and so. It was easier for them to hate that sophistication over the ATS sophistication because the CRM sophistication was higher. And it's a market. So they were just like, yeah. So they're like, oh gosh, like I, we like the ATS better because it's easier to use. So our own lack of technology sophistication ends up playing out in real life when we have to use something that's more difficult to use, which is a CRM over an ATS. And it's a marketing platform. Did we not just <laughs> talk about this shit? It's a marketing platform. Hey, hey, talent acquisition. Yeah, that's a marketing platform, guys. So as we talk about all of this and how rolling up under marketing and how talent acquisition is really marketing, um, brand, messaging, all those things, your job descriptions suck because you're trying to turn them into schematics as opposed to actual ads. Um, from my standpoint, you know, th- that's, a, that's an issue, first off. It's a marketing platform. That's why your hand should not be in this damn thing, number one. Number two, um, Companies have never really understood their applicant tracking systems in the first place. And I go back to uh, just a couple of months ago, I was talking to a major organization about their applicant tracking system. And they said, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it, it, and this is, a, this is a, one of the top three applicant tracking systems. And they said, yeah, we think we're, we just can't get source codes out of it. And I'm like, what are you, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, we're doing, some, we're doing some things on Facebook and we're doing it here. And I said, okay. Um, you guys don't know how to use your platform. And she looked at me like, I can't believe you just said that. I said, no, seriously, I, I've worked with that company for years. I mean, literally a decade. And they can do that. They could do that shit. They could do that 10 years ago. So the problem is your administrator, number one, it's you guys. You know, look in the mirror. It's you. It's not them. That's yeah. a huge, huge issue that we're not just seeing from an applicant tracking system, but we're seeing obviously from the CRMs and all the other shit that held the stuff that we're just talking about right now with AI. Yeah, I mean, well, the reality is, is, is TA Tech is 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 gone past our our ability as TA leaders to actually kind of process. So we don't need more generalists. We need specialists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't and need anybody that's an inch deep and a mile wide, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. We, we, we don't need a marketing platform. We already have marketing platforms. We probably bought our own marketing platform because marketing told us to go, you know, go hit the bricks. Um, but that's something that the company actually has to embrace. They have to understand, they have to identify it's a problem. Um, but from the basics, the applicant tracking system, I mean, we're talking about all these layers of technology that they, companies can start to use to be able to be, you know, be more effective, um, be more productive, all that other fun stuff, but they can't even get the basic applicant tracking system right. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, it is impressive to see some of the recruitment marketing platforms, not just, re- I say recruitment marketing, I would say overall recruiting platforms coming yeah. out that yeah. have all these things kind of built in, uh-huh. a little more seamless than kind of, you know, plugging a bunch of SaaS software together. Um, so I'm, I am really interested to see where that takes us, like in the next two to three years, because that stuff mm-hmm. moves pretty fast. Um, I, you know, I just, I have a feeling, Josh Burson said this, um, he said it a couple of times throughout the conference season this year, that within five years, the ATS will no longer be the main system within recruiting. In fact, it might not, it might go away altogether. Um, and partly because we're building out this, this whole entire tech stack in TA now that is really one kind of integrated recruitment platform that has interviewing, that has sourcing, that has screening, that has CRM. And so it's not, it's not just one thing anymore. It's just, it's, 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 it's all of it. So the ATS is really evolving and I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, that's what's happening. And I mean, that's what we, we, we have to really just embrace is that all of this is evolving. And if you have a, a platform that you're currently using, um, you should try to get as much out of it as you possibly can. And if you think it, it, it doesn't do something, it probably does. You need yeah. oh, gosh, to engage yeah. with your vendor and put the screws to them, man. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Chad, every single time I meet with somebody that says, I, don't, I we need a new ATS, I will ask them first, what's, what's wrong with their current ATS? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then my, my, my advice every single time is first become a super user of the tech you have. Become yeah. the best customer they've ever had mm-hmm. and then come back and tell me why it doesn't work for you. Yeah. Because usually usually they're using 25% of the capabilities. Yeah. Well, and yeah, we, we did a piece on or we talked a little bit about J&J and their collaborative with Jive and Google and the Muse for Shine. Um, that's, that's going to be interesting because there are some different marketing layers that are, that are in there. There's, there's better search. Um, there's now transparency for the candidate. I mean, there's just the entire experience because there's so much to think about, but from this standpoint, it really sounds like they didn't go complex. They went incredibly simple. And that's why I think we really need to just, just implode the model, which I think is what you're actually talking about with this new kind of tech stack, employ the model and focus on simplicity because when we become more complex, it becomes more complex for the customer. We should stop calling them the candidate, the customer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got to come down off of that. So, so (laughs) as we talk about talent acquisition, needing specialists, we cannot, as talent acquisition, we cannot afford the amount of specialists that we need to do certain shit certain ways. I mean, that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. And one of the big areas is diversity recruiting. Yeah. Right? Um, so from your standpoint, have you ever been on a team that didn't look within a, within a group of people and say, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you're doing diversity recruiting. And really just kind of, you know, at you, you, you research it, you figure it out, and you come back to me and tell me how this is going to work. You, you generally don't have a specialist or, so, or an expert on staff, right? Well, no, it's usually, you know, the one black girl you have working for you becomes your diversity recruiter, right? Which is totally uncool. It's totally, yeah, oh no. I, I can't think of anything more politically incorrect, but that's exactly what happens in most companies. Yeah, yeah, you over there. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, so that being hey, said. Hey, Jimmy in the wheelchair, come over here. We, you're not the diversity recruiter. Like that's, we do yeah. that stuff, it's so, God, it's so bad. It is, it is, it is horrible. And, and, and the, as we talk about this for tech stacks and we, we talk about this for talent pools and to be able to diversify your talent pools, it is amazingly important. It is stupidly important. 
that you find a company, a vendor, a, a consultant that will actually help you do this right. And lucky for you, America's Job Exchange can do that. Um, Chad and Cheese, go figure. Wait, you, that was a com- you just went right into a commercial? Like, wow. Oh, yeah. That's, I that's, thought we were talking about diversity recruiting. Okay, go we ahead. We are. We are talking about it. <laughs> we're talking about in-your-face diversity recruiting because that is what America's Job Exchange does. Um, if you go to americasjobexchange.com slash cheese, that's C-H-E-E-S-E, cheese. Everybody loves a little cheese. Um, yeah, there's actually discounts. And uh, you can just tell them Chad and Cheese sent you. You go there and it's got Chad and Cheese all over it anyway. But uh, to be quite frank, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that have really, it's really pissed me off over the years. I'm a veteran, right? And, and to be able to point at a veteran and say, um, you need to help us go find veterans. Well, I don't know that I can help you do that just coming off the trail, right? Um, yeah. it, it's, it, you need somebody who has a background, not just in being a veteran, but also in talent acquisition, in recruiting, in technology, and all these different things. And again, it's one of the things that we as TA, as talent acquisition, HR, we have to do much better. We have to realize, look in the mirror, guys, and identify that you don't know what the hell you're doing. You don't know what you're doing in these different areas, and that's okay. But what's not okay is if you don't find somebody who can do it. So, americasjobexchange.com slash cheese get there and we're going to talk about something that everybody loves to hear high q versus linkedin the little guy still duking it out did you see the the um the whole crowd justice thing that uh that yeah high q put together yeah trying uh, to make some make a little bit of money for, for, for to pay the lawyers well here's the thing and this is what i we, we um and if you haven't heard it listeners you need to go to chad cheese go to our more podcast and we actually did an interview with mark weidick um guys yeah. amazing um and he laid out really the reason why you know high q's getting screwed on this deal um but they really didn't have anywhere that you could get that layout and now they do so if you actually go to crowdjustice.com slash case slash high Q and we'll I'll stay, look for me on LinkedIn and Twitter and all that other fun stuff. I'll be sharing it all over the place. Um, it tells their story, has a video, uh, tells it what's at stake for you being the user, for them, uh, the merits of their case, the appeal that's happening. And the big thing, it actually says, hey, look. We are battling a Goliath with unlimited resources, and this is going to be expensive. And when we looked at we look at LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a pretty damn big organization. But then we look behind them, and who's standing there? Microsoft. Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like Jesus. So this is literally David fighting yeah. two Goliaths. One's much larger than the other one. Um, and they're they're trying to raise money. So this is this is just from our standpoint. Um, uh, Haiku's not paying us to say any of this stuff. Um, we just believe and and you know that this is something that is important for us. We do believe that there are plenty of bots and scrapers that are out there that are bad, and I've dealt with them over the years. But we have to clarify what a bad actor is 
And a company like Q is not a bad actor, at least in my definition of a bad actor. What do you well, think? Well, no, this? I mean, for me, it's, you know, again, it's it's all this public kind of information that you're putting out there for free. Um, you know, LinkedIn built the platform and they're, you know, they're, they're monotonizing all of our, all of our data, you know, for their own good. And the reality is, is if, you know, mm-hmm. if I, if it's, it should be up to me, right. As the user of giving you my free data, if I, if I don't think, if I don't have a problem yeah. with other people scraping and using it as well, like, you know, it's, it's a non-issue and yet, you know, if LinkedIn continues to act like, you know, like, you know, we're, we're the ones that created this. And yeah. so we should be the only ones that should profit yeah. from it. And you're like, you're profiting from public information. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's yeah. so much bullshit. It's like, no, 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 no. I, we know that this is public information, but the public does not have access to monetize it. <laughs> we know it's, we know it's, that's public, where the shit you know, stops. We're the dies. ones that have this public information, not anybody else. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's the power of the internet. Not to mention, you know, it's, yeah, it's a large database. And from an innovation standpoint, there are going to be companies like HiQ who are going to find different angles of need and solutions for companies that LinkedIn's, they're not going to have time for, yeah. to be quite frank. So this is something that is, it's an enabler, but we have to clarify what the hell a bad actor looks like. And these guys are just trying to shut the door on everybody. Yeah. And again, it's, you know, some of this is just not, you know, I don't think anybody wants to be held hostage, you know, by any single company, whether that's LinkedIn, no. Google, Microsoft, you know, Facebook, anybody. And so, you know, it's, it's some of that is just the, the, that protection of that. So you know, getting out there and making sure yep. that we all have access to this information, or at least, you know, if you want to have access, you know, you, you have it. Wonderful, man. Well, I think that is our first Tim Sackett show. What do you think? Yes. What do you think? I think hey. I think everybody loves it. I think everybody loves yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think the only person that won't is Joel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joel's yeah. sipping on... Uh, Sipping on a, a, a bourbon or tonic or some shit like yeah. that on the beach. He doesn't give a shit right now. But, hey, man, really appreciate you taking the time, uh, getting on the Thanks show. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, we, we, yeah. we love it. And uh, love that, you know, you're one of our, our six listeners. So what what do you have going on this weekend? Uh, going to Michigan State, uh, football game, traveling with a team. In fact, off of this podcast, I'm running to the airport, jumping on a plane. I'm hoping to bring uh, home the Sparty win out of Chicago. And then, uh, you know, uh, end of November, I'm at uh, Recruiting Trends Talent Tech uh, down in Palm Beach, Florida. So come see me down there. Yeah. Well, this weekend, it's a big one for the Buckeyes. Beat Penn State. Oh, huge game. Big, big. Yeah, I'll be in Dallas uh, next weekend with America, American Airlines. They're doing some some uh, very large diversity veteran uh, galas nice. and, and panels and stuff like that. So really, really glad that they invited us to come down. Um, but uh, yeah, man, a great, great having you. You need to get the hell out of here so you can hit the uh, hit, hit the hit the airplane. But stay, stay, stay All right. for a minute. See you guys. Have a great one. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single show. And check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit HireDaily.com. Oh, and you're welcome. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. 
Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.